But it's so good to see each of you. I hope you've had a great week. We are delighted that the youth are back from youth camp. We are uh, uh, glad they had a great time. Uh, Ridgecrest is a very special place for myself and for Miss Kathy. And uh, I was kind of jealous, but uh, uh, I'm glad they had a great time. And I'm glad they're back. I'm glad Preston is back and Miss Tara is back. It seems like everything happens when they're gone. Uh, so I am good. What's that? It, it happens when Ah, ah. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. But when you're gone, I know what's happening. That's true. But I am glad that they are back. I'm glad to see each of you. I know the summer is winding down very quickly, uh, very hot. Um, but as we have been talking the last few weeks, we have been in the book of Genesis. And as we've been looking at the book of Genesis, you know, I know a lot of times people say, well, it's the Old Testament. It's, you know, it's, it's an old book. Well, yes, but man, so many wonderful things take place. Just as Brother Preston was explaining the creation and talking about what God has done. I mean, that's exciting, isn't it? What God has done and, and, and how he set up life and, 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 and all the different things. And then we saw a couple of weeks ago, I preached on Cain and Abel. And, and, and again, you know, God said to Cain, he said, look, sin is crouching at your door. You need to be careful. You need to be careful or sin can just devour you. And Cain wasn't careful, was he? And he killed his brother. And then last week we began talking about Noah and his life and how he was preaching, being an example of Christ or being an example to the people of, of the, of that lived in his area. And he preached of how they needed to repent and, and how they needed to accept God. And, and this wasn't just a, a little process. This was over 100 years, 120 years. And, and, and he preached and taught them and, and no one, no one responded. And then we read last week of how the flood began and the animals came in the ark and Noah's family and the, and the flood began and people perished. Well, this morning I want to continue our story in Genesis chapter 8. And as we look at Genesis chapter 8, basically I want us to look at four, maybe five things uh, this depends how I, I get to it, but basically, as we look in Genesis chapter 8, we find where the rain ceases, the earth dries, Noah leaves the ark, and then Noah builds an altar and offers sacrifice. But look with me in Genesis chapter 8. It says, God remembered Noah as well as all the wildlife and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. God caused a wind to pass over the earth, and the water began to subside. The source of the watery depths and the floodgates of the sky were closed, and the rain from the sky stopped. The water steadily receded from the earth, and by the end of 150 days, the water had to cease significantly. The ark came to rest in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, on the mountains of Iraq. Now, put your hand there. We're, not gonna, we're gonna continue on in this chapter, but as, as we begin together here, we find that the rain cease. I mentioned that this morning, and I mentioned that in our lives, 
You know, here was Noah and his family going through a storm. Now, they were going through it physically in the sense of they were living while this massive storm was going on. You can imagine they had never, never seen anything like this before. Can you remember the first time you experienced a hurricane? Can you remember the first time maybe you experienced a tornado warning? Or a tornado itself. Can you remember those first times? It was scary. It was like, man, is this, is this how it goes? Is this what happens? And you learn in a hurricane that it could happen any way it wants. I mean, it could come in many different forms. But, but when you don't know or you've never experienced it before... It's pretty scary. Well, here was Noah going through a physical storm. And I also wonder in his life, he had preached for 120 years. Now here he was shut up with all of his family, all these animals. And I love what God said there in chapter 8. He said, God remembered Noah. Guys, sometimes in life we are going through storms. Maybe it's physical. Maybe it's the real life stuff in the sense of with situations at home, with family, with life itself. And I want you to know that God will remember you. God will remember you. I don't know, sometimes when we feel like we're alone, isn't it great to know that somebody is thinking about us? Someone is caring. Someone is, is remembering us. I tell you, each time I have had widow ladies call me, not to boast, but just to call me and say, Brother Frank, I'm praying for you today. Let me tell you, that means so much to know that they remembered me. And so as we think about that, God remembered Noah. And, as, and, it, and as, even the wildlife, he remembered. Isn't it amazing? God's memory and what God remembers and the things that he takes in. And even though things were starting a new, you might say, a, a new area or a new, where the, the, the waters were starting to cease, God was there. Now, another thing to note, this flood, as I said, was, was nothing, Noah hadn't experienced anything like this before. His family had never experienced this before. Let me tell you, this wasn't just a local flood. Guys, as I read my Bible, the whole earth as we know it was flooded. It says from the waters from the heaven, the waters from the underneath, everything was turned on, you might say. And this was a flood. You know, sometimes I, <laughs> I laugh, and, and I know some of you that have been through hurricanes. It's not a laughing matter, but, but you know... The news people, you know, they're trying hard sometimes to, you know, get their stories across. And they'll bring you to a neighborhood. And they say, we have mass flooding in this neighborhood. And they're walking in the street with their little galoshes on. And there's a little water running through the street. And we've got major damage. I've counted four palm fronds down, you know. You know, I said, guys. Let me take you to some places if you want to see major damage. If you want to see mass flooding but, you know, they got to push it because they want people to look at that. And they want people to say, oh, man, look what's going on. Guys, I want you to know that right now, this was, this was the flood. It wasn't a 100-year flood. It was the flood. 
And there's nothing ever been like it since then, praise God. But look what God is doing. Continue with me in verse 5. It says, The water continued to recede into the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were visible. After 40 days, Noah opened the windows of the ark that he had made. Now, I don't know about you, but you know, all that time in the ark and, and, and just... Man, to start to be able to see the tops of the mountains become visible, that had to be exciting. I don't remember, Preston, which one of the youth, but you know, as we were talking earlier, we're in the day of, we're in the day of uh, you know, cell phones and, and communication and instant this and instant that. You know, one, one of your youth, I can't remember who, uh, one morning just posted the view from his room and it was just the mountains and he was just saying, wow, this is the view from my room at youth camp. Jacob, good job. I like the picture, by the way. And, you know, you're just sharing, and it was a beautiful view. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, mountains excite me. But, you know, you can imagine you've been cooped up in in an ark all this time. It's kind of like, man, the beginning of the end is getting ready. In other words, there's hope. I see it. It's going to happen. You know, isn't it amazing to know that God puts things out there just to remind us, hey, guys, it's coming. Just, just, just hold on. It's, it's coming. And so that mountain served as that. And, and then look with me at verse 7. It says, and he sent out a raven. And it went back and forth until the water had dried up the earth. He sent out a raven. It went back and forth until the water had dried up from the earth. And then he sent out a dove to see whether the water on the earth's surface had gone down. Now, then let me just go on and read verse 9. It says, But the dove found no resting place for its foot, and it returned to him in the ark, because water covered the surface of the whole ground. Now, you think, okay, some, if you want to be a little tongue-in-cheek here, maybe Noah became the first bird watcher. I don't know, because he sent out a raven. He didn't come back. Then he sent out a dove. Well, it came back. Then he sent out another dove. So he was watching those birds pretty close. Well, those birds were telling him things. When that flood took place, what was God's purpose for that flood? It was to wipe out evilness, to wipe out all of it. But where did evilness come from? Yes, you'd say the serpent, Satan. But it was in Adam and Eve. Who was Noah and his family related to? Adam and Eve. Now, here's what I want you to get. He sent out a raven. What type of bird is that? It's a scavenger, right? It's a scavenger bird. It'll eat anything. Well, you can imagine all these days of water on the earth and all the things that I had drowned and all of the scum and wretchedness that was around. That raven had it made. That raven chose to go back and just to eat of those things. Now, those things were not pretty. But you know, isn't it amazing in our world today? We choose to partake of things that are not pretty and pass up the divine things that God wants to provide. This raven went straight on back to the way it was to eat of things that were wretched and and 
things that we should pass up, but instead it just went on back. Now, the earth as we know it at this point, as the waters were receding, the earth had been judged. And now the world had been judged, and now we need to be reminded the evil of men that day had been wiped out and something new was going to begin, but we've got to make a decision. And even today, the same decision is that there's two ways of life. And one of the ways of life is the wretchedness that comes from the sin of man, and that was the old life. Or we can live the life of Christ. The dove went out. We know that it came and came, went out, came back, and then it went out. But it came back that time with a bit of greenery. And, and some believe that that was an olive leaf. Again, we find that our Lord was giving the sign. And even, even Noah looked at it. He says, okay, there is peace now. God is ready for us to come out. God has provided. Now, if you were in that ark, what would you call it? Some could say, well, it was my rescue ship. It, it saved me from destruction. Well, and all of those would be true, right? Well, who provided that ark? God did. To provide, to save them, to provide for them, to give them what they needed. Who has given us Jesus Christ? God has. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him. Is Jesus our ark? Yeah. To save us from the evilness of this world? Yes. And we need to see how God provided for him at that time and how Christ through God has provided us even today. But we still have to make a decision. What life are we going to live? How are we going to change? You got one, the raven who feeds on flesh. And then the other, the, the dove brings back information and tells him in the sense that now there's dry land and that there is a new way. Many of you might be familiar with 2 Corinthians 5.17. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Just like God has provided the ark, our God has provided Jesus. He is the one that will provide us and make us into a new creature, new creation. And this morning, we are, if we've accepted Jesus Christ, then we are something new. Let's not go back and take of the flesh, but let's continue to live and to say, Hey, Christ has made me new. John 3, 6 says, whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. We were born of the flesh, all of us were, but if we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, now we're born of the Spirit, and we are a different creature. Let's not go back and be the raven. 
Let's be the dove and, and let's choose the life that is pleasing to God. Paul said in Romans seven eighteen, he says, For I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my flesh. For the desire to do what is good is with me, but there's no ability to do it. Paul talked about that struggle. Let me tell you, everybody in this building struggles with flesh, sin, and Christ. There is a struggle going on. Satan wants us to continue to live in the flesh, and Christ has given us the ability to live a life pleasing to God. We need to see that, that we're either going to live in the old nature, or we're going to live as a new creature. Christ has changed us, has made us whole. 1 John 2.15 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world... The love of the Father is not in him. The love of the Father is not in him. You see, where is our love? Our love should be in our Savior, the one that is there to set us free. Just as God was there to set the animals free and Noah and his family free, he has sent Christ to set us free. But then, another exciting thing. I could tell you stories. I've got them here documented how they have found mammoths in different places of the world. And it is proven, scientifically proven, that these large herds of mammoth elephants drowned, making the reference to the flood. I mean, and there's other things, but, but I want to get on to my last point, And this is, to me, so, so amazing. Look with me in the 20th verse of Genesis chapter 8. When Noah came out of the ark, it says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and he took some of, the, he took some of every kind of clean bird and offering burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, he said of himself, I will never again curse the ground because of human beings, even though the inclination of the human heart is evil from youth onward. He, he, he said, look, I know you, you're born in evil, but I want to set you free. You know, I've been <laughs> talking to Preston and Tara about Ridgecrest to the point that they probably will never go to Ridgecrest again because they know it's my favorite spot. One of the things, there's many, but to me, even when I get on the grounds of Ridgecrest, Ridgecrest has a smell. It's a good one. I don't know, when I get there, and it's just the pines and the saplings and the different things, it, I, I just feel total peace. Total peace. Now, I told in the first service, there's one store in the mall, the old mall, what is it, Edison Mall, that I won't go into anymore. And, and, and I bet you there's some men here that the same thing. And it is that Yankee Candle store. Now, ladies are drawn to that thing. Now, you know why I don't like the Yankee Candle store? Because when I walk in there, I can't breathe. The, the scents, the different smells, the scent is so strong. It, it, it's like it just 
chokes me. But isn't it amazing how, you know, I've seen this after thunderstorms. Sometimes when there's been a good thunderstorm and you come out after a thunderstorm, it just seems like God has washed the, washed the earth a little bit and, and things just smell like a freshness. You've experienced that, haven't you? They're just like, man, this is, this is pretty good. Look what's happening here. Noah came out. First thing he did was build the altar of God, put up the sacrifice, And when God came around, he smelt that aroma, and it was a sweet, sweet aroma to him. Now, you know, I think about that. When God walks this earth, as God is around, we find that, that to me, when we are pleasing to him, when we're doing what God wants us to do, that gives off an aroma that he's a, yep, I know what they're doing. Oh, they're just... You know, and, 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 you know, that sweet, sweet aroma that, that just that, that gives off. Now, I know some of you on a Sunday morning try to put that sweet aroma all over you. You know, and some of us are going, I wish they didn't. But, uh, you know, that sweet aroma that, we, that God looks, it's, it's not something man can produce. It's when we're doing what God wants us to do. When we're doing what God wants us to do, God smells that. Guys, I I, I say all that. It it, it is amazing what God can do. You know, I was thinking about the rebellion, how that took place, and people were rebelling against God, and how they were rejecting the messenger and, and, and there was no repentance, and, and God just wiped it out. But God loves the smell that we can give when we worship Him. And, you know, there's, there's no way for us to, to, to just do that on our own. It, it's got to be of our heart. It's got to be genuine. It, and, and, and God knows that smell. Just like you, you have certain smells. When you smell it, it's either pleasing or that's like the gardenia smell. Can't do it. But there's others. But what about the smell of serving God? You think, oh, Brother Frank, that's crazy. No, it's not. That sweet aroma attracted God. You see, we need to be realizing what God has done. He provided for these people. You say, well, he didn't provide. Well, they wouldn't listen, did they? But he provided for Noah and his family, and he saved those. And what about us today? He's provided for us by giving us a Savior. But then, what are we doing? Are we living like we used to, or are we living like, hey, I have been bought by the price. I have been bought by Jesus Christ, and today I live my life for Him. Not of the world, but for Him. And I hope that is something that every one of us would strive to do. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank You for Your love. I thank You, Lord, for, for your, how, Lord, You remember us and know that we are here. And, Lord, today I just pray that we would continue 
to live our lives, that we would not revert back to our past, but, Lord, that we would strive to live for you, and, Lord, that we would be about creating those things, Lord, that are pleasing to you because you are so deserving. Lord, I thank you for each person here. And, Lord, I pray that we will see that we have been changed by your blood and that we would live a life pleasing to you. I ask this in your son's name. Amen.